us begin with a beautiful, beautiful dot ahead of us today on this special Lagba Omer. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of E.R. Yonah and Shoshi Ehrenfeld for dedicating the Shi'urim and Joshua's this month in memory of their grandfather Yosef ben Shmuel Aaron. Benjamin and Elise Wall for dedicating the Shurman Joshua's this month in memory of Moshe Chaim ben Si Hirsch Zichron Livracha. Our week of learning sponsors, Dr. Shmuel and Rabin Karapkin, in the commemoration of the first yard site of Shmuel's mother, Lipa ben Yecheskel Hakoin. And our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Seth and Rachel Rotenberg, in commemoration of the yard site of Seth's father, Ze'ev ben Chaim Shmuel Zichron Livracha, and Moshe and Yochavet Roth, in honor of the marriage of their daughter Michal, to Maya Reicher, in Meretz Hashem, which will take place tonight. We wish the Roths incredible Mazel Tov and Chassan and Kala Hatzlocha as they build their bias Naaman Bisra. We hope all of the Neshamos Lavin Aliyah, all of the families in Nechama. And also with that, let us begin. A lot to do today, Baruch Hashem. A really incredible, incredible daf. Hopefully, we'll have a few minutes at the end to talk a little bit about Lag Bomer as well, Amir Hashem. But let us begin. So we, today's daf is Ayin Gimel 73. We are picking up in Yeretz HaShem on Ayin Beis, Amit Beis 72b. And we're picking up pretty much in the middle of the daf. Amar Rabbi, Amar Rabbi Elazar. Rabbi Elazar says, so this is pretty much, if you look, if you look at Tosis, so this Tosis, Shemutar, Shemutar, right across from there. Almost right across from there, about two lines down. Amar Rabbi Elazar, Arel Shehiza Hazasok Shera. So we'll say an interesting, an interesting halacha. So remember, yesterday we spoke about that if a person is an RL, they can be sprinkled with the water of the para aduma. So we explained essentially with the chiddush of that, chiddush of that statement was that you might have thought that purification could only take place if it's absolute. But let's say if a person has his tame, tomas mace, and also is an RL, even if you take care of the tomas mace, there's still the arelos, Right? And the Arelos ultimately, again, should go ahead and pre- or have a minez. It should preclude a person from becoming Tamei. Tahar, excuse me. Kamash Malon, though. Kamash Malon, that halacha lemaisa, even if you're an RL. If you go ahead and you get sprinkled by the waters of the Paraduma, ultimately, again, you are good to go. Shabbos say Rebbe Lozri now has the, not the opposite case, but a, a parallel case, which is that here in this case, the RL is the one doing the sprinkling. You have a Kohen who's an RL who's sprinkling the waters of the Para Aduma. So Rebbe Lozri, RL Shehiza, Hazo Asok Shera. So if an RL does the Hazo, his sprinkling is kosher. The Gemara says, Midi Tahavile Atvul Yom. Because this is comparable to a Tvul Yom. So remember again, who's the Tvul Yom? Tvul Yom is a person who's Tameh. Went to the mikvah, right, and is waiting for Herav Shemesh. Just waiting for nightfall. It's called the Tvul Yom. So listen to Tvul Yom. Because we'll say at the end of the day, a Tvul Yom, even though a Tvul Yom is not permitted to go ahead and eat Truma, it's not permitted to eat Asr Truma, but his mutter is permitted for him to participate in Para Aduma. So the Gemara says, so says the Gemara, I don't understand. What about a Tvul Yom? That's mutter to go and eat Maiser, right? And we know about say that an RL is not permitted to consume Maiser. So isn't the comparison flawed? So atu, so the Gemara says, atu anan la We're not talking about consumption. What are we talking about? 
Anan Linigia Kaaminan. Ultimately, again, what are we referencing? What are we referring to? We're referring over here to Nigia, to touching. To touching. And there's a fundamental distinction ultimately between consumption and contact. Umat Vuyom the Truma, Mutter Bepara. So we'll say if you have a Tvuyom who is not permitted to touch Truma, yet ultimately he is permitted to participate in Para Aduma. Arel, Shemutr Benigia, Enel Din Shemutr Bepara. Then I'll say, Allah has come of a common Arel, who is Mutter to go ahead and touch Truma. Again, can't eat it, but can go ahead and touch it. Ultimately, again, is permitted to participate in Para Aduma. And I'll say, by the way, just to understand, the level of participation that's being described here is a heightened level of participation. Remember again, this is, this is the actual, being the actual sprinkler of the waters of the Paraduma. Therefore, again, this is Rebbe Lazar's statement that an RL is permitted to go ahead and sprinkle the waters of Paraduma. So, Tanya Nami Hachi that supports this. RL Shehiza Haza Asok Sheira. Ultimately, if an RL goes in and sprinkles water of Paraduma, the sprinkling is kosher. Not only that, Umaisahaya. This happened. This happened. And the Chachamim declared ultimately that the sprinkling of the Kohen RL ultimately will work. I will say, it's interesting, by the way, it's interesting, if you think about it, like what does that last line add? Right, so we have a similar that Rabbi Lazar says that an RL is permitted to go ahead and do the sprinkling. The Gemara then quotes a Brisa, RL who did sprinkling, the sprinkling is kosher, and then the Gemara says, ah, by the way, it happened, it happened. So Christ will say, we know, because halacha lamaisa, there's a difference between discussing abstract halacha and actual events that occurred. So the ability to go ahead and say, here's a halacha, but also, by the way, this happened. Not much like in the history of the Jewish people, this, this actually happened. That is a very powerful proof to this particular statement. Incredible. So the Gemara goes right there. Really, so the Gemara challenges this. Meisvei. Okay, so we'll see. Now we're going to go through, uh, uh, we're going we're to expand this list a little bit. So here we go. So the Gemara is like this. Tumtum. So remember again, we've spoken about Tumtum a number of times. Membrane covering the sexual organs. We're not sure is he male or female. So we'll say if you have a Tumtum who consecrated or sanctified the Mechatos. So this is talking about a Tumtum who made the mixture of the waters of the para aduma, right? He made the waters, he poured in the water. So the Gemara says, Shekidesh, Kiddush Apostle. Ultimately, again, what he has done, right? Rashi says over here, Shekidesh is She'irev Efer B'mayim. But see, the act of what we call Kiddush is the mixing of the ashes with the water. So if a Tumtum Mamish made the concoction, he made the mixture of the ashes and the water, it's Pasal. Why? Because a Tumtum is a suffix RL, right? Because remember, again, listen to this. Remember, a tumtum is what, and at, at his essence, what is a tumtum? What is a tumtum? Suffix isha, right? So interestingly enough, in that suffix, there's also, if he's an ish, he's also a what? He's also an RL. He's obviously uncircumcised. So it's, so it's very interesting. So in other words, we, we never, again, I think until you come to this Kimar, you don't think of Tumtum as a Safek Aral. You just think of a Tumtum as Safek Ish, Safek Isha. But now that the Gemara mentions it, it makes a lot of sense because if he's a Safek Ish, by definition, he's an uncircumcised Ish. An Aral is not permitted to go ahead and make the mixture of Para Aduma, of the ashes with the water. So therefore, by definition, 
Tumtum is not permitted to do so as well. The androgynous Shekidish. What if an androgynous came along and made the mixture? So ultimately, again, Kiddush kosher. That works. That works. Now, I'll say, why is it that that works? Because Halacha Lamaisa, Rashi says over here, androgynous, Mohul, Shekidish, Kiddush kosher. I'll say, remember, this is talking about an androgynous who has a bris. Who has a bris. So we're going to see, Rashi says over here, Sha'afidu Ishak Shir Lekadish Rabbana. So we'll say, we're going to see, because Halacha Lamaisa, Technically speaking, a woman is permitted to make the mixture of para aduma as well. So the androgynous, whether he, if he's a man, if he's a man, he's circumcised, we're good to go. If he's if he's a if it's a woman, right? If she's a woman, then halacha lamaisa, she's permitted to make the mixture anyway. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, af androgynous shekidish kiddusha psulin bepneisha safek isha. Rabbi Huda disagrees. Rabbi Huda says, no, an androgynous is not permitted to make the mixture of Apara Aduma. Why? Because an androgynous is Suffolk Isha, and ultimately an Isha is not permitted to go ahead and make the mixture. Good. So, say, so what we have over here is a fundamental machlokis. Now, interestingly enough, what's the machlokis in Rabbi Huda? What's the machlokis in? Really only, let, let's go through what we agree on. What does everyone agree on? That number one, tumtum can't go ahead and make the mixture of para aduma waters. Why not? Why not? The truth is, it's going to be a machlokis, why not? But at least everyone will agree that by definition, it's a suffix RL. Suffix RL, and an RL can't go ahead and make the concoction, can't make the mixture. Then there's a further machlokis, what about an androgynous? That Rabbanon say good, because either way, it's a circumcised man or a woman, and either one is okay to make the mixture, Rabbi Huda says, no, a woman is not permitted to make the mixture, and therefore, again, an androgynous is not, is not, cannot make the mixture. So Rabbi said, remember, leaving aside everything else, a very important piece of information came out of this, which is what? That an RL is not permitted to make the mixture of paraduma. Katani miha, RL, the suffix RL, pasal milakadish. So Rabbi said, what do you see from here? You see from here that an RL, and even a suffix RL, are not permitted to make the mixture of paraduma. And Rabbi said, this seems to pose a question to Rabbi Lazar, because we would assume if Rabbi Lazar is going to say that, you're, that an RL is permitted to sprinkle the water, then what? Then what? He shows be permitted to what? We would assume to mix it. And yet here the price clearly explicitly says that he's not permitted to mix it. So what's going on over here? So I'm Rabbi Yosef, hi Tana, Tana de Rabbi Akiva. This particular Tana is also is a Tana of the Yeshiva of Rabbi Akiva. We will say, by the way, what is chus to quote Rabbi Akiva on Lagba Omer. Right? Absolutely incredible. Right? Tana Debe Rabbi Akiva. Demari Bosei, by the way, I just want to point out also that Tana Debe Rabbi Rabbi Akiva is also, again, remember the offspring is, is these are the Talmidim of the new five, right? Of the new five Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva, right? Not the 24,000 who perished. So here we're being quoted a teaching from someone who came out of the new five Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva, who when did Rabbi Akiva go ahead and establish or, 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 or engage those five Talmidim? Today. Today in Lagba Omer. Because ultimately, you know, we'll say, so now what we're saying is like this. The author of this b'risa, the author of this b'risa, who holds that Halacha Lamaisen Orel is not permitted to go ahead and, is not permitted to go ahead and do the mixture, is, uh, is from Rabbi Akiva's yeshiva, right? And there they held that an RL is like a tome. 
Aurel is treated like someone who is Tame. Look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says over here, Rabbi Akiva, Bereish Pirkin. Okay, fine. So we'll say, listen to this. The sign Rabbi Akiva, Omer, Ish, Ish, the Rabos Es Aurel. Rabbi Akiva, remember again, Rabbi, Rabbi Akiva going back for just a couple of days. Rabbi Akiva didn't have the whole Gzir Shava of Tosha Vesachir, Tosha Vesachir, but rather again, his Drasha was Ish, Ish to include the Aurel. So Rabbi Akiva's model, Rabbi Akiva's model, an RL is like a Tomei. So because of that halacha lemaisa, it makes sense that such a person would not be permitted to mix the waters of Paraduma. So Amar Rava, suppose I find that Machlokes. Amar Rava, So Rava says, you know, I was going over all of this and I was sitting before Rav Yosef and I had the following question. Lo nishtamit tana v'lisnei ha'RL v'hatamei v'leim Rabbi Akiva so we'll say, so why don't we, why do, why do we make this much simpler? Instead of going ahead and discuss, and the Tana going ahead and discussing all of this, why not go ahead and say simply from the front end that ultimately this reflects the view of Rabbi Akiva, to which the Gemara says below, Vahakatani, Ha'arel Vahatame, Piturim Minariya. And we'll say what we have elsewhere, right? This statement, an Arel and a Tame are Pata from Riya. So we'll say, remember again, Riya. Is the mitzvah is the mitzvah to go to the base hamikdash, right? The mitzvah of Ali Laregel. Actually, I take that back. The mitzvah of Re'iyah ultimately is to be seen in the base hamikdash and ultimately to bring your olas Re'iyah. So the Gemara says that an Aurel and a Tame are pata from Re'iyah. Also, from our Chagiga days, we had this. Hasam Mishum Demois. So we'll say there it's different. There it's not a din in Tumah, it's a din in Mios. So we'll say Mois literally means like disgusting. The Aurel and the Tame are considered to be Maos, and therefore that's why they should not appear in the Mikdash. But it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with Tuma per se. And Rabbi say they both go according to their reasoning. Rabbi say, look at Rashi for just a moment. Who are we talking about now? Rashi says, Rabbi Huda Verabonal de Iflugula El Ba'adrojna. So now we're going back for a second. If you remember again in the Braisa, we had the Machlokis Rabbi Huda Verabonal Ba'adrojna. Remember again, the Rabbonon say, an androgynous is permitted to go ahead and mix the waters of para aduma. Why? Because according to the Rabbanon, here's, here's what the, the thing with androgynous is, either it's male or it's female. The good news is, if it's male, it's what? It's what? It's a circumcised male. So according to the Rabbanon, you're good either way, because halacha lamaisa, the Rabbanon hold, that both men and women are permitted to go ahead and mix the waters of Paraduma. Rabbi Huda is the one who said androgynous is not permitted to mix the waters because androgynous is suffix isha, and the isha, a woman, is not permitted to mix the waters. So says the Gemara, let's talk about this machlok, is vazlu tamayu, tisanya, here we go. Hakok sherim lekadesh, chutz mecheresh, shoteh vekatan. The Rabbanon, Rabbi Huda, Tanakama holds that everyone is permitted to mix the waters of Paraduma except for a cheresh, shota, and a katan, right? Except for, again, I will say this, this group that is generally considered to lack capacity. Deaf mute, uh, an insane person, and a katan. Rabbi Huda machshir katan, Rabbi Huda ultimately says that a katan is kasher, but he says that a woman is not permitted to mix the waters. Uba androgynous, 
So the Gemara says, my time with the Rabbanon. So ultimately, again, I'm sorry, Uposa bi'isha uba androgynous. And Rabbi Huda says that Allah Chalamaisa, sorry, Rabbi Huda Makshibakatan, Rabbi Huda says a child can do it. Uposa bi'isha uba androgynous. But ultimately says that a woman and androgynous can. So we'll say, so let's analyze this machlokis. So let's, let's zero in. Fundamental machlokis is a woman permitted to go ahead and mix the waters of the para aduma. Rabbanon, yes. Rabbi Huda, no. So my time with Rabbi Huda, let's analyze it. We'll say, why is this? What is at the core of this dispute? So we'll say, so the Pasuk says, they will take, they will take for the person who is Tame from the ashes of the para. Chatas over here is the para duma, from the ashes of the para. And the rest of the Pasuk says, sorry, me'afar, sreifas hachatas, v'nasan alav, Mayim Chaim Al Kelly. So I will say, so this is the passage that describes taking the ashes and mixing it with water. Okay. So the Gemara says, Hanach de Pasli Baasifa, Psulin Bikidush. Hanach de Kshirin Baasifa, Kshirin Bikidush. So I will say, the Rabbonon hold like this. They hold that the passage is creating a linkage. What's the linkage? The linkage is between Velakhu, which is collecting the ashes, and Vinasan, and placing of the water. Whoever is permitted to collect the ashes is permitted to go ahead and make the mixture. But as I take a look at Rashi for just a moment, Rashi says over here, the lakhulatame, basar asifas afrad, the haksiv avoda de kiddush, the in avodum afsak is benayim. So therefore, I will say, ultimately, again, we have the collection of the ashes, the collection of the ashes, and then the mixture of the ashes. So the, Rab- so the Rabbanon's model is, if you're permitted to collect, you're permitted to mix. Ultimately, again, Hanach Tikshen Basiv Tikshen Bikidush. Let's take a look at Rashi. Hanach Tipsulim Basiv Tipsulim Bikidush. Vahasam Darshinon Vaasaf Ish Velokatan Tahar Lahachshir Esaisha. So we'll say the Gemara doesn't mention this, but Rashi fills in the blank over here. So how does that help us? Because listen to this. The, the Rabbanon Darshin as follows. The pasuk says Vaasaf Ish Tahar. So right, Vaasaf Ish Tahar. So we break this up. Ish teaches us that it has to be an adult and it can't be a minor. Tahar teaches us that it must be someone ritually pure, even if it's a woman. Even if it's a woman. So we'll say, so again, this is, this is like a double-decker drasha, right? So the first part of the drasha is there's a connection between the collector and the mixer. If you're permitted to go in and collect, right, and collect the ashes, you're permitted to mix them. And then who, so who collects? Va'asaf ish tahar. It'll be an ish who is, who is ritually pure. From ish we darshan, adult and not a minor. Katana is excluded. Tahar, we go ahead and we darshan that halacha lamaisa, anyone who's tahar, even a woman is permitted to go ahead and do the mixture. Incredible, incredible. I what about Rabbi Yehuda? Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda will say, if that's the case, why doesn't the Pasuk just phrase it in the singular? Right? Just say, Velokach, Rashi says, Imkeim, Tahu Asifa, Noket Lagabi Mekadesh, Lichto Velokach, Latame, Kiechi de Kasabasifa, Vaasaf, Lashan Yachid. Why doesn't it, why, why is it Velokhu and, and Vaasaf? Why, why, why not Velokach? My Velokach. So we'll say, see, Rabbi Huda's fixate is, if you really want to make a connection between the collector and the mixer, then it should be phrased in the same way. Then it, it says, Va'asaf ishtar, but here it says, V'lakhu latame. So why doesn't it say, V'lakach, sorry, V'asaf v'lakach? 
So the Gemara says, my velakhu, what does velakhu mean? Velakhu rabosa means even a larger group. Listen to this. Da'afilu hanach de'psulin hasam k'sherem hacha. Wow. To teach me that even those who are not fit for the asifa, even those who are not permitted to collect the ashes, are permitted to go ahead and mix the ashes. So the Gemara says, Ihachi, if that's Kisavosa, so who's an example of that? An example that according to Rabbi is a katan. Is a katan. A katan, a minor, is not permitted to collect the ashes, but according to Rabbi Huda, a minor would be permitted to mix the ashes. Ihachi, Isha Nami. If that's the case, then why don't we include an Isha as well? Vinasan, below Vinasna. Rabbi Huda will darshin, the Pasuk says Vinasan. Vinasan is masculine, and it doesn't say Vinasna which tells you that it has to be a man who mixes the ashes and not a woman. So it says the Gemara, So the Rabbanon, what do you do with the fact that it goes from right, I might have thought that it has to be one person who has to take the ashes, one person who has to mix the ashes. Therefore the Pasuk says, they shall take. Because of Rachmana Velakhu, Vinasnu, Hava Amina, the Shakli Trey, Vyavi Trey. And if it would have said Velakhu, Vinasnu, I would have thought you need two people to take it, two people to mix it. Because of Rachmana Velakhu, Vinasan, Dafilu Shakli Trey, even if two people took it, Vyavchad, one person could still go ahead and mix it. Good. So, I'll say, so therefore, this is the fundamental, this is the fundamental machlokes between Rabbi Huda. And the Rabbanon, ultimately, again, about the parameters of who is permitted to go ahead and mix the waters of the para aduma. They both say, at, at the end of the day, interesting, well, we'll see, we'll see how the Rabban Paskins, top of Ayin Gimel, top of Ayin Gimel. I, the Yisrael say, now we're just continuing to go ahead and dash in the Psukim. Vihiza hatar alatame. They both say, so still in para aduma, what does the Torah say? Someone who is tahar will go ahead and sprinkle on the person who is tame. Remember again, on the third day and on the seventh day. That is what is required. So I will say, so just, by the way, just as we're kind of continuing along, just keep in mind the fundamental machloksim we have. We have Rabbi Elazar who's saying that an RL is permitted to go ahead and, permitted to go ahead and sprinkle the ashes of the para aduma. He's permitted to be the sprinkler, right? Okay, we have that. That doesn't seem to be machlokis as much as the Gemara tries to challenge it. Fine. Then we have the machlokis, Rabbi Yudin, the Rabbanon, about who is fit ultimately to go ahead and do the mixing of the waters of the paraduma. You have the Rabbanon that essentially say everyone is permitted to go ahead and do it, except, except ultimately for Hakok Shem Chutz Micherish Shotevakatan. Right? But Rabbanon included Isha. And Rabbi Huda says that a katan can do it, an Isha can't do it. Okay, so just hold on to these machloksim so far. So the Pasik says the person who is Tahar will sprinkle the waters of the Pardum. And the person who is Tame, Tahar, Michlal Shehu Tame. Rabbi say, this is such a fascinating drasha. So the fact that the Torah goes out of its way to say Tahar over here, the Gemara interprets as meaning. This person is tahar for matters of para aduma, but he may be considered tame for other situations. Okay, where can you have a situation of a person who's tahar, right, for para aduma but tame for other situations? Limeid atvuyom shekasher bepara. Oh, I will say what's an example of that? A person who's kasher for para but tame in other circumstances? Tvuyom, tvuyom. We'll say we spoke about this before. We'll say by the way, do you remember when we first saw this kimara? Remember when we first saw this kimara about tvuyom by para aduma? Remember? 
Daf Beis in Yuma. Daf Beis in Yuma. Remember again, this was the first time that we were introduced to this sugya, where Beis and with Beis, Mano Beis and Beis, the Gemara spoke about the fact that clay gilolim, they used to use again these earthenware utensils of paraduma. They would dafka be metame the Kohen, who would do the part they would dafka be metame him, right? They would be metame him, then take him to the mikvah, and when he was a tvul yom, he would do the service of the paraduma. But why? Because the Tzdukim did not believe that a Tzful Yom could go in and do Paraduma. And remember, again, this was like the counterbalance. We were a maker with Tzful Yom, and they were ridiculously, not ridiculously, machmer, very machmer with other areas of Paraduma to kind of balance things a little bit. In any event, so I will say the idea that we go out of our way to call him a Tahar indicates that's that Halach, say he's a Tahar for this situation, maybe tell me for other situations to teach us. That a tvul yom is permitted to do para aduma. So, so we'll say now we're transitioning. Now we're transitioning. So we'll say, by the way, how do we pass in Allah Lamaisa? So Allah Lamaisa, we pass like Rabbi Lazar, namely that an RL is permitted, Kohen RL is permitted to do the sprinkling of the para aduma. What about in the other discussion? We pass like the Rabbanan. That Allah Lamaisa, when it comes to the mixing of the waters, everyone is permitted to do so, right? Even right, a woman, an RL, the only exception is. We pass like the Rabbanon. Good. Let's go back there. What's the interesting case? Is an Aral permitted to eat Meiser Shani? Well, remember again, Meiser Shani is the time that you separate out from your produce. Then Allah Meiser, you have to bring up to Yerushalayim and you consume it. It's yours to consume. So is an Aral permitted to eat Meiser Shani? So let's analyze this. So do we say, why don't we say the following? The same way that we learn out Karman Pesach from Maeser Shani in terms of Aninos, that just like an Onen can't eat Maeser Shani, so to an Onen can't eat Pesach, why don't we say the flip? Why don't we say the flip side? And to say that we'll learn out Maeser from Pesach, that just like again by Karman Pesach, an RL can't eat Karman Pesach, so to an RL can't eat Meiser Shani. Okay. Sounds like good limit. Here's the problem. Odilma, Chamer Mikal Yolif, Kal Mi Chamer Lo There's only one problem. Let's say in general, it's easy to learn out something stringent from something lenient, but not something lenient from something stringent. In other words, I was saying, so for example, to learn out the fact, to learn out the fact, to learn, to, to learn out from Meiser Shani to Pesach, that ultimately, again, just like an Onen can't eat Meiser Shani, can't eat Pesach, that makes sense. Why? Because Karma Pesach is more Hummer than, than Meiser Shani. So if by Meiser Shani, an Onen can't eat it, then certainly Karma Pesach, an Onen can't eat it. Conversely, you can't necessarily learn out that since an RL can't eat Karma Pesach, that an RL can't eat Meiser Shani. Karban Pesach is more Khamer. Maybe that's just the din in Karban Pesach that doesn't apply to Meiser Shani. Amr lehu tinisua. We learned this. So, we'll say, so again, simple Shailah. Is an RL permitted to eat Meiser Shani? Right? That's, that's the Shailah. So, I'm going to say tinisua. We learned this. We learned this. Hachuma vabikurim chayavan aleyin misa vechomesh. So, we'll listen to this. If a non-Kohen goes ahead and consumes Truma and Bikurim, Right? Both both portions of the Kohen. Right? So for nine years, if so if Israel consumes them, Misa, if you do it intentionally, there's a chi of Misa. If you do it unintentionally, ultimately again, Chomesh, there's there's a penalty fifth. 
right? You have to pay back the principal plus a penalty fifth. And obviously, again, these items are prohibited to a non-coin. And they are the property of the coin. Property of the coin. We'll say, which means, what does it mean, property of the coin? So if a coin wanted to use them to be to, to betroth the woman, he'd be permitted to do so. Listen to this. And above said they are bottle in a mixture of 100 to 1. And before you eat, you need to wash your hands and feet. The hair of Shemesh. And again, if you're tummy, you can't be a Tulio, right? You have to have the sunset. You have to have the sunset in order to eat it. But say all of these are stringencies which apply to Truman Bikurim. But again, these stringencies do not apply to Meiser Shani. Don't apply to Meiser Shani. So I'll say, now watch this. Then I'll say, if at the end of the day, if at the end of the day, and furthermore, I'm going to say, if it was true, that ultimately, again, that an Arah was permitted to eat Meiser Shani, then why not include in this list, Nisni, Arel Aser Bahem, Masha Inkim Bameiser? Why don't we also include in this list that an Arah is not permitted to eat Shurman Bikurim, but Bameiser Shani is permitted? So I will say the fact that that's not included seems to indicate what? That an Arah, an Arah will be prohibited in Meiser Shani as well as in Shuma and Bikurim. And ultimately, again, I will say that Halakha Lameisa, since it's not written, since it's not written, it would appear that, again, Aurel was prohibited to consume Meiser Shani as well, to which the Gemara says, Tana Vashir. It's not a complete list. It's not a complete list, right? The Tana left off certain things from the list. So I will say, now, in order to give that answer, you have to demonstrate what's been left off. So the Gemara says, Umay Shir, Dahai Shir. So I will say, what was left off from the list? So the Gemara says, Shir, the Katani Seifa, Yish, Bemeiser, Ubikurim, that there are certain things that apply to Meiser and Bikurim that don't apply to Truma. For example, what? Meiser and Bikurim require being brought to a particular place, right? So the Bikurim both says to the Mikdash, and ultimately Meiser and Yerushalayim, vidui, and they require confession, va'asr the onen, and then you're not permitted to eat an onen. Rabbi Shimon Matir, Rabbi Shimon says bikurim can be consumed by an onen. Vechayavim babir, and I say there's a din of beer. Rabbi is actually very interesting. If you look at Rashi, vechayavim babir, Rashi says bikurim umaiser sheni b'shana hashlishes. Bikurim umaiser sheni have a din of beer. I will say beer means, remember again, this is when during the third year of the seven-year cycle, a person takes all of their tithes and gets them out of the house. Bi'arti ha-kodesh minabayis. I have removed all of the consecrated, sanctified items from my home. Bikurim don't require beer. And I will say, ultimately, again, look at Rashi just a moment. And I will say this idea that you can't look at Rashi. I'm sorry. So I will say, as we're going to see in just a moment, according to the Tanakamu, goes ahead and compares, right, Bikurim to Meiser for everything. He should say that Halacha you are not permitted to go ahead and burn them and get use of them in a state of Tuma. Right? So the, th- this statement is not included. 
Vaochlin Bitumas Atzman, Loke, Masha'in came with Shuma. And I will say furthermore again, Ochlan Batumas Atzman. And I will say we're going to see this is actually an interesting case. The case of Ochlan Batumas Atzman, I will say, refers to a case where the person is Tahar, but the item, the Truma Bikurim, is in a state of Tuma. If a person, so if I, if a person goes and a coin goes and eats these items, he's Tahar, but the items are Tame, Loka. Ultimately, you get Malkus. Masha'in came with Truma. And I will say these are halachas that apply to Bikurim, but don't apply to Truma. And I will say, ultimately, Rashi says over here, because by Truma, Masha'inki Mitruma, De'eno Musharba, Ella Batuma Saguf. I will say, this is actually very interesting. By Truma, there is technically no prohibition to consume Truma that is Tame. Right? So to eat Truma Tameya in a person that is star, that wouldn't, th- th- there's no particular Isra with that. The only Isra applies when the person himself is Tame. I will say, what's the point? The point over here is that there are many other things that could have been included in the list that were not. So therefore, by definition, because of that, then halach alamaysa, halach alamaysa, you can't go ahead and have a raya, you can't have a raya to say that the list itself is exhaustive. Say if I will say, we'll pause here for just a moment because let's go back because the Gemara now is going to dissect this price that we just quoted. So I will say, remember again, we had a, we had a very simple shayla. What was our very simple shayla? Our simple Shaila was, was, is an RL permitted to go ahead and eat Meiser Shani? Right? I will say that, that, that was our fundamental issue. So I will say, interestingly enough, the halacha is we paskin that an RL is not permitted to eat Meiser Shani. And in fact, interestingly enough, it's learned out from Pesach. That's actually where they learn it out from. Just because there is a connection between Meiser Shani and Pesach, just like an RL is not permitted to eat, just like an RL is not permitted to eat Karban Pesach, so to an Arla is not permitted to consume Maiser Shani. Good. That's the Halacha Lamaisa. Now, Abbas, we're going to go back and do a deep dive into this Brisa. So here we go. Here we go. Abbas, Ayin Gimel Amadeis, third line down. Vasur in the Oni. So we said again in the Brisa, Maiser Shani, Maiser Shani, and Bikurim are not permitted to an Oni. Oni is not permitted to eat these items. Abbas, by the way, I'll point out, you know, you say to yourself, okay, so what's the big deal? Abbas, if you think about this, by the way, if you're a Kohen, if you're a coin, right? So remember again, these were the items through which you sustained yourself. So the idea that obviously people become an onen, Rahman al-Islan. So the idea that as an onen, you would have to be careful. I mean, Maiser Shani is for everyone, but Bikurim is for the coin. So Allah again, whether it's your, whether it's your Maiser Shani or Bikurim, you can't consume it as an onen. Rabbi Shimon Mati, Rabbi Shimon says that an onen is permitted to eat Bikurim. So I'll say Rabbi Shimon doesn't argue on Maiser Shani. Right? He argues on Bikurim, Bikurim can be consumed by an Onin. So Minaluhu, ultimately, again, we'll say, we're asking Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, from where do you know that Bikurim are permitted to an Onin? We'll say, the Pasek says, you shall not eat within your own gates, the Maiser, of your grain, your olives, and your grapes. So we'll say, so again, the positive Gemara is quoting over here is, Okay. So we'll say, so the Torah is here telling me, you're not allowed to eat consecrated items in your own home. Consecrated items must be consumed in Yerushalayim. You know, where in Yerushalayim exactly depends on the nature of the sanctity of the item. So the Gemara says, now what's that last phrase what does that mean? Oh, but we'll say Chumas refers to 
Bikurim. Bikurim. Ve'iskish Bikurim le'maiser. And now you see that Bikurim is compared to Maiser. Ma, Maiser Asr le'onein. Af Bikurim Asr le'onein. Just like Maiser cannot be consumed by an onein, so to Bikurim can't be consumed by an onein. I so Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, who says that Bikurim can be consumed by an onein, where, where does he get his idea from? Rabbi Shimon, Truma Karin Rabbanon. I will say Rabbi Shimon says it might be true that Trumas Yadecha, right? Or Trumas yeah, Trumas Yadecha is Bikurim, but Lamaisa the Torah calls Bikurim Truma. And what does that tell me? Matruma Muteres Laonein Af Bikurim Muter Laonein, and it teaches me a very important yisod, which is just as Truma is mutter to an onin, so to Bikurim is mutter to an onin as well. V'chayovin bebir. So we'll say, so therefore again, that's the source of machlokis. So that's machlokis number one. Can an onin eat Bikurim? Rabbanon, yes. Rabbi Shimon, no. And again, based on the drush of the same exact pasuk. Incredible. V'chayovin bebir. And ultimately, again, these items are subject to the din of beer. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Shimon Poter. Rabbi Shimon Poter. Rabbi Shimon says, your Poter. Once again, Mar Makish. So the Tanakama will go ahead and compare Bikurim to Meiser. And ultimately, Mar, Rabbi Shimon does not make the Hekish fine. So the Gemara says, Loka. So the two, now we'll say two pieces of the rice. We're just, we're, we're just, we're just dissecting the rice. So remember again, next piece was, which means, you cannot burn them, get benefits from burning them when they are in a state of Tumah. Bose is referring to Meiser Sheni and Bikurim. And if you eat them, V'ochlan B'tumas Atzman. Bose says, so again, remember, O'chlan B'tumas Atzman is the case where you, you are Tahar, but the items are Tame. If you consume them in that case, you get Malkus. So from where do we know this? Minalan. Yisari Rishimon Omer. Rishimon says, Lovi Artimi Menu B'tame. I have not gone ahead and burnt it in a state of Tumah. Bain Sha'ani Tame V'hu Tahar. Whether ultimately, you know, so what does this mean? And again, whether I am Tame and the items are Tahar, or whether I am Tahar and the items are Tameh. But from where do we know ultimately again that a person is precluded from eating these items as well? This is actually interesting. Any other says, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know where it comes from. Thomas Agof. So let's analyze this. So Thomas Agof, Behejik Sibe. So we'll say, Tumas Agof is explicitly mentioned. But I will say, right, the idea that halacha lamaisa, the idea that halacha lamaisa, Tumas Agof, which means, again, a person is in a state of ritual impurity, right? That idea that halacha lamaisa, the person himself is tame, and therefore he can't consume these items. Where halacha lamaisa does that come from? Tumas Agof, Behejeksiv, that's stated explicitly. The Gemara says, what does it say? Nefesh asher tigabo v'tama ada erev, so the idea that someone who has Tameh Tomas Aguf, the idea that that person is not permitted to go ahead and eat any of these items, that's obvious, right? That's a Mephorosh HaPasek. Nefesh HaShartigabo, a Nefesh which becomes Tameh through contact with a Nefesh that becomes Tameh through contact with a Dover HaTameh, ultimately becomes Tameh Ada Erev, and cannot eat from a kadoshim from the consecrated items. Kim rachatz b'srabamayin. To which the gemara says, "Come and No, no. Here's the shaila. Tumas atzmo minayin. They will say, "Well, the idea that I'm not allowed to eat whatever you fill in the blank. 
Chuma, Bikurim, Meiser Sheni, when I am Tameh, that everyone knows. That's a Pasek. What do I want to know? Tumas Atzmo. What I want to know about is in the case of where the person is Tahar, but ultimately the item, fill in the blank, Chuma, Bikurim, Meiser Sheni, when the item is Tameh, how do I know that consumption is prohibited in that case? Minayin. Tamud Lomar, Lo Sucha Le'echo B'Sharecha, Ma'asar Digancha. So I'll say, the Pasuk says, listen to this. You are not permitted to eat within your gates. You write, Ma'asar Digancha. Ma'asar Digancha. Right, Ma'asar. Or any of the tithes, for that matter. Ula'alonu Omer, B'Sha'arecha Tochlanu, Ha'tamei V'Hatahar Yachtov, Kitzvi V'Cha'ayal. I'm about to say, now watch this. I have another Pasuk. The Pasuk says, you may eat it within your gates, right? You may eat it within your gates, the Tameh and the Tarot together. Now, say, now, what is that referring to? If you take a look at Rashi, Rashi says, So I will say, this is talking about, again, cases of sacrificial animals which developed a mum and were redeemed. And we're redeemed, what we call psuli hamukdashin. Right? So, say, so again, so these, what, what can you do with these items? So interestingly enough, well, once they've been redeemed, they no longer have any sanctity. And therefore, so you could eat it even within your gates. Tar, tame, it doesn't matter. But say the Pasuk in its entirety is, So what is this referring to? So the Gemara says, the Bey Rabbi Shmal, now, the paradigmatic example of this that Rashi brings down is Bechar Behema. Right? So, for example, Bechar Behema, right? Bechar Behema Torah, firstborn kosher animal, has sanctity, right? Remember again, who gets the firstborn kosher animal? It goes to the coin. What if it has a mum? What if it has a mum? Who keeps it? The owner. What can you do with it? What can you do with it? Anything you want. You want a shechted, have a barbecue, invite over all of your tummy friends. No problem, right? No problem. Everybody can consume it together, eat together. It's not a problem. So the Gemara says, come Rachman, I'll listen to this. The Torah says, Ha-hu, amri It's only in that case, P'suli hamukdashin, right? Redeemed, redeemed blemished sacrificial animals or redeemed bukhar animal. That's when you can eat it in your gate, in your gates, in your home, to hold and to maim together. However, hocha by Meister Sheni lo seichel. By Meister Sheni, ultimately, again, it would not be permitted. I'll say, take a look at Rashi. Hahu b'sharecha dahasam dekashari leilatar laochlo achar shenaga tami bekara v'nitma'a kamino lecha hocha meishin latocha. I'll say, here's the chiddush in this case. I'll say, let's play this out. Right? I have, let's say again, Ami Yisrael. I have a firstborn animal. Okay, I'm going to give it to the coin, but through no fault of my own or through no intentional infliction of a wound, right? The, the animal gets injured, right? Animal has a mum. So what happens now? What happens now? I keep it. So what say? Torah tells me, what do I have to do with it? What do I have to do with it? Anything I want. So literally, again, I have, I, I shecht it. I have my friends over eating. I know some of my friends are tummy. They both say, now let's say again, to build achdos, what do we do? We just have one big platter of meat. Right? Nothing builds bonds of unity. Like one big platter of meat, you and all of your friends sitting around. But let's say, what happens the moment that your tummy friend touches that platter? What happens? What happens? Everything becomes tummy. So we'll say, interestingly enough, what this now becomes is a situation of me, someone who is tar, consuming an item 
that is Tameh. And what does the Torah have to say about that? What does the Torah have to say about that? No problem. No problem. Go ahead. It's not a big deal. The Gemara Darshan is over here. It's Tafka in that case where you being someone who's ritually pure, eating something that is Tameh is not a problem. But the Gemara says, Hocha, in the case of Meiser Sheni, Lo Seichel. We would not want you to do that. Okay, so both say, so therefore, again, you have, you have essentially like three different cases. Case number one, which is the obvious case, where the person is tame, tame person can't eat anything that has consecration associated with it. Second, right, the other case is where I had a consecrated sacrificial item that was blemished, redeemed, now becomes schulen. You can do whatever you want with it. Third case, which is the more complicated case, is I am tahar, the consecrated item is tame. What can I do with it? To which the Gemara says, in that case, in Maishasheni, Bikurim, Truma, ultimately, again, one would not be permitted to go ahead and consume it. Incredible. Masha'enki mi Truma. I, I, should choose, I shouldn't jump the gun to Truma. Right now, that was just with Maishasheni. What about Truma? So now the Gemara Brice goes, Masha'enki mi Truma. So we'll say, Salach When it comes to Truma, right, you can't burn Truma in a way in which you're going to get benefit from it. So the Manavan, where do we know this? So I will say, ultimately, again, I did not burn my Sersheni that was Tomei for myself. You can't do that for my Sersheni. But I will say, if you have Truma, so for my Sersheni, you can't burn, if it became Tomei, you can't burn away from which you get benefit. But let's say you have oil of Truma, that became tummy, you can burn it in a way that gives you benefit. So the Gemara says, Maybe you should say the following, from Maishu Shani, you can't get benefit if you're burning it, if it's tummy, but you could burn Shemen Shal Kodesh, right? Consecrated oil, that became tummy. Love Kavachomer, the Gemara says, isn't this Kavachomer? Uma Maishra Kal Amra Torah Lobi Arti Menu Batame. If it comes to Maishu Shani, both say Maishu Shani is considered to be the most lenient of items. And yet, Halacha Lamaisa, again, by Maishra Kal, the Torah says that I did not go ahead and burn it. Once it was Tame, I didn't get benefit from burning Tame Maishu Shani. So Kodesh Chamer Lakoshikin, if that applies to Maishu Shani, then Halacha's Kama Vakama will apply to Kodesh. Ihachi, if that's the case, Truma Nami Kavachomer, Truma should also be a Kavachomer, to which the Gemara says, Haksiv Mimenu. Torah says Mimenu, it only applies ultimately to Maishu Shani. Umarois, so what they say, I don't understand. How do you know what to include, what to exclude? Mistabra Kodesh Lomimatino, Shekain Pinak Kas. They both say it makes sense to say that Kodesh would not be excluded from this prohibition. Why? Because Halachalamaisa Kodesh has all of these stringencies. What are all the stringencies of Kodesh? Pigol. So I'll say so again, Pigol, which we know, right? Again, remember Pigol, again, the halacha being that a coin has a disqualifying thought. Ultimate could invalidate the carbon. No, sir. If it's left over past its prescribed time, carbon, it has the status of a carbon, mi'ila, subject to prohibited use. Kares, if, 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 if willful violation, va'asrila onen. And ultimately, again, it's asr to an onen, to which the Gemara says, okay, adirabo, that's all Kodesh. Truba, truma lo matina. So we'll say, if that's the case, I could also say that truma should also not be excluded because truma also has its own chumras. Shekain, machpaz. There's machpaz. What's machpaz? I will say, misa chomesh. 
right? Subject to death. If, if you intentionally, if it's not coin, intentionally eats truma, chomesh, if you unintentionally consume it, ultimately, again, there's an additional penalty. Fifth, ve'im le'peyon, cannot be redeemed, v'asru le'zarem. And ultimately, it is prohibited to non-kohanim. To which the Gemara says, you're right, but hanach nefishin, there are more chumras by kodesh than there are by truma. Be by saying the other possibility is even without the additional, even without the additional, the additional stringencies, ultimately kares adifa. Ultimately, again, kares is considered to be more severe. So we'll say, what the Imam is trying to prove over here is that halacha says follows, that it's only by truma, it's only by truma that ultimately if it becomes tame, one is not permitted to go ahead and burn it in a way that one gets hanaf from it. Interestingly enough, Interestingly enough, because I will say the idea over here, I'm sorry, Masha'in came Truma, right? I'm sorry, that Truma, Halacha one would be permitted to go ahead and burn it in a way from which one gets benefit from it, because again, it only applies to the stringent items mentioned over here, because the Pasuk, when it's a little bit, ultimately, again, Halacha is talking about Maiser Shani. So it's only Maiser Shani that you're not permitted to burn in a way that gives you benefit. But halacha you can go ahead and burn shemen shaltruma that became tamei. So I'll say the Gemara was just trying to figure out ultimately again why is it truma that's excluded but kodesh that's not, and the Gemara goes to the next. Well, so we'll stop over here for today. I'll just use the last few minutes we have just to, just to reference just to reference a little bit about the beautiful and holy nature of lag bomer. So I'll say we know that that today we know that today. That just I'm sorry. So, so we know that today, Lag Bomer, so is is special for so many different reasons. And has Kiddusha associated with we spoke about this last night a little bit at the Madura at the bonfire as well. But of course, on the most notable level, that today is the yard site of the Tana Eloki. Today is the yard site of Rishon Bayochai. Rosham Ayachai was special for so many reasons. And most often we understand that the power of today, the Yatsar Rosham Ayachai, is because it was on this day, his last day of his life, Rosham Ayachai conveyed what become, became known as the Idrazuta, the Idjaraba, that on this day Rosham Ayachai gave over to his students what we call today Jewish mysticism. Right, the esoteric body of Torah knowledge, right? Kabbalah, Zohar, Idrazuta, Idrarabah, all of that was, all of that Rishabai Yochai held in his heart, but then gave it over to his students. But I'll tell you something else, another lesson of Rashbi, which is so incredibly important. You know, there's a beautiful Gemara Masech, Sukkah. The Gemara Daf Memhem Adbei says, Amar Rashbi, Rabbi Rishabai Yochai says, Yochal ani liftar eskola olam min hadim. Ultimately, again, I could exempt the entire world from judgment. I could exempt the entire world. I can go ahead and literally cause everyone to be free from judgment, right? How could I do that? How could I do that? So the Gemara says, So Shabbat says, literally, I have the ability, through, he sounds like he's saying through me, to carry the weight of the sin of the entire world and to exempt all of mankind from judgment. So I'll say, it's a very strong statement. How does Rabbi Shimon Bayochai do that? So I'll say, I would draw your attention to another Gemara, the famous Gemara Masech Shabbos. The Gemara in Shabbos, Dach Lamed Gimel Amud Beis, Lag, right? Lag Amud Beis. I will say, it's a story of Rabbi Shimon, it's probably, it's a good way to remember, the story of Rabbi Shimon Bayochai and Rabbi Lazar in the cave is on Daf Lag. 
is on Daf Lamed Gimel. It's incredible. So say, you know the story. They were in the cave. They came out of the cave. The first time they came out of the cave wasn't so good. Everywhere they looked, they destroyed. The second time they came out of the cave, the Gemara says that Rabbi Shema and, Rabbi, and his son Rabbi Lazar couldn't believe that people were working. They had lived such a Kaddish and esoteric life that they couldn't believe that people were spending time in mundane matters. And everywhere they looked, they destroyed. Everywhere they looked, they destroyed. So that was the first time. Then they were sent back into the cave. The second time they come out. And what happens? They see, it's Erev Shabbos, and they see an old man running with two bundles of myrtle branches. And Hashem Bayochai says to the man, he says, why are you running with two, myrtle, why, why two bundles of myrtle branches? And the old man said, Echad keneged zachar, but echad keneged shamar. One ultimately again for zachar, one for shamar. And Rabbi Shimon turns to Rabbi Lazar and he says to his son, you see how much Klal Yisrael loves mitzvahs. Klal Yisrael loves mitzvahs. And I will say, what was happening during that exchange is everywhere Rebbe Lazar looked, Rebbe Lazar saw people who were shirking their spiritual responsibilities and totally immersed in mundane day-to-day life. And what Rashbi saw this old man carrying two bundles, rushing home from work, carrying two bundles. And he said to his sons, Look how much Klal Yisrael loves mitzvahs. And I will say what was happening in that moment, what was happening in that moment, was Rashbi exhibiting incredible Avas Yisrael. Was Rashbi showing his son that if you want to be a member of Klal Yisrael, you have to see the good. You have to see the positive. It is easy to look at people and to see what is broken. It is easy to look at people and to see that which is damaged and in a state of disrepair. But if you want to really lift up Klal Yisrael, if you want to really move the needle for Klal Yisrael, if you really want to do something, it is all about Abbas Yisrael. And it's all about seeing the good. It is so easy and it is so tempting. And sometimes it actually feels so good to tear people down. But what happens when we tear each other down? What happens when we disrespect each other? What happens when it's low nagu kavod zelazeh? Cloud Israel is decimated. Cloud Israel is torn apart. Rabbi Rabbi stop being such a purist. Stop looking for perfection. See the good in the simple Jew who's running home on Erev Shabbos with two bundles of myrtle branches. That's our vote. And I think that's the pshat. When Rashbi says, I can save the entire world from judgment. What do you mean you can save the entire world from judgment? Rashbi says, it's not me. But this idea that I tried to convey to my son of Avas Yisrael, of seeing the good, of loving every Jew, that's what saves the world from judgment. That's what saves the world from judgment. Hosein, it's like Baumer, and we have the outside of Rashbi, Rabbi Akiva's five new students, a day of such kawach, and it's a day that we have to recommit ourselves to Avas Yisrael. We have disagreements, we have differences of opinion, we have this, we have that. Whether it's within our families, within our shul, within a greater kila, within a community, within an am, it's time to set it aside. Rashbi tells us, if you want to save Kalal Yisrael from Din, it's all about Kama Chaviv and Mitzos Abnei It's all about Abbas Yisrael. And if each of us could just take upon ourselves on this Lagba Omer, to love our fellow Jew just a little bit more, then the light of the Lagba Omer's of bonfire will catch 
right? And the, the bonfires like Bowman, the light that light will Amir Hashem turn into a raging fire of Avas Yisrael. And a raging fire of Avas Yisrael will Amir Hashem turn into the raging fire of Moshiach Mihir Rabbi Amenu. Amen. Amen.